created live on Fireside. Hey, everyone. How are you? It is Juliet Hahn. If you guys are not familiar with YNS Live, I'm here to share my story. I am here to help you be able to share your story by kind of getting some ideas on how I share my story. I've been doing this now for two years. I've been honing in on my brand. I've been, um, you know, really crafting my, um, my story as I've been podcasting and doing webinars and doing uh, workshops. And it's been really cool to all of a sudden get that aha moment where it's like, wait a second, I've helped another person create their story and figure out how to tell and share their story. So I figured, why not come on Fireside? You guys know how much I love Firesides. So I wanted to kind of give you guys an idea of how to kind of share your story, but um, by listening to my story. So here it goes. It all started probably in third grade, my first, I guess my first recollection of that I learned differently. My, uh, I grew up in a pretty affluent town. Most of my classmates school came really easy to them. It was like nothing. Uh, they never really struggled at all. And I realized I, I, I learned different. I was, this wasn't as easy. I remember looking around and being like, is everyone understanding what the teacher's saying? Because I'm not understanding this. There was this time where everyone actually in my class, there was probably 20 kids, let's say, uh, 18 of them went off to gifted and talented and myself and a, uh, another boy in the class went off to special reading. And there I just remember being like, well, wait a second, what are my friends doing? And why am I here reading the blue dolphin with this lady with very frizzy hair and super saggy boobs and a giant butt? And I say that, uh, from a third grader. So just picture, being like, what is going on? I don't like reading. It's hard for me. I'm not really happy. Why is everyone else doing something else? So I remember going back to class and my friends skipping over to me and saying, well, where did you go? What? We? Oh my God, we had the best time. We created these mazes. We had all these funds. We were going to be doing sword fighting with javelins. And I was like, what? What do you mean? They're like, what, are you, what, are, what were you doing? <laughs> I was reading The Blue Dolphin with this doctor. She said her name, and I'm not going to say her name just in case she's still with us. Um, and they were like, and who was you know, with you? And I'll just call him Rod. It was Rod and I. And they were like, oh. And you know, I was like, okay. So kind of skipped on and realized from there, you know what? School is hard. I don't really like this. I don't like the way it makes me feel, uh, except for my friends. I had a lot of friends, and I was really good in gym. So really good in gym class. I excelled athletically. And so that's where as a, a, a third grader, I put all my energy. So I remember very early on being like, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what feels good. This other stuff does not feel so good. Obviously, I didn't know that this was creating my story as I was going. So as years went on, there was someone down the road that, uh, and it was, it must have been some sort of teacher because it was definitely not my parents, but told me I was not creative and to stick what I was good at. And again, I was excelling in sports. So I, um, 
played early varsity when I was in high school. And our team used to win states every year. We came from a powerhouse sports athletic community. And I was at the top of there. So I was at the bottom of education in school. And I was at the top of athletics. And most of my friends were all at the top of everything. They were getting offers very early on. Um, I was getting letters from like Harvard and other universities saying, we're really interested in you coming to play field hockey. We're really interested in you playing lacrosse. And I just remember being like, wait, these are really good schools. I'm not going to be able to get into them. What do I do? And as a teenager, you definitely give yourself a story. Now, I was also... I was confident. I come from a very um, supportive and loving family. So I was confident. My older sister also struggled in school. And so um, it wasn't it wasn't new to me. My one sister did not struggle in school. And then I had a sister that struggled. So I just remember um, conversations in the house like, okay, well, you're really good at this. And you, know, you need work on this, or you have to get a tutor here. And uh, my mom was in education. So she always gave us a lot of support. And um, I remember going to her and saying, mom, I just got, you know, I got this letter and she's like, all right, let's just put, you know, let's hang it up. This is amazing. And I was like, mom, I'm not going to be able to go there. She's like, why are you thinking that? Let's not think that now. Even though my guidance counselor in school was telling me I wasn't going to college because I, um, uh, my grades weren't that great. She's like, you're not going to college. I would think of uh, alternative things. Uh, I look back at it now and, um, I want to give her the big giant, you know, big giant finger because that's not what you tell someone that says they want to go to school because they want to play sports. It's not something that a teacher should ever tell a student, um, because you should tell someone if they put their mind to something that they can achieve it. Now they might achieve it in a different way. It might not look the same for them as a straight A student, but you never tell someone they can't do anything. So I remember that always stinging and, um, you know, my, I'm telling my mom and my mom was like, what? This is not okay. She would go in and yell at people and then they, they, would, they wouldn't, wouldn't tell me I couldn't do things anymore. But um, I remember I had to take the SATs and I was getting recruited by a division one college and I couldn't get my SATs up enough to get into that school. I was being offered money. It, I took the SATs. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, not a big fan of the F SATs. Let's just say that. And um, I, it, it just, it was, it was awful. But that brings me to, again, being a part of my story and never realizing how much that was a part of my story. Never realizing how much the teacher telling me I wasn't creative and to stick with what I was good at. I didn't realize where I was compensating and what I was doing. Never realized when that, you know, guidance counselor told me I wasn't going to college or I, you know, third grade was going to the special reading. Um, never thought how that was forming something inside of me. And if you guys have listened to me, if you've been on any of my live shows, if you listen, you know, if you follow me on any social media, you know that I really truly believe we all have a path. And whether you believe in the universe or God, uh, I believe in God that we all have a path and not all of us find it. But if we listen and we follow things like little twinges that you get in your body or little thoughts that you have in your mind and you don't stuff them, you follow them. Like, why did that just interest me? What is that about? Um, I want to follow that a little bit. And some of us do it very subconsciously, but others do it consciously. And I was being formed by these, these, these people in my life. Now, again, I came from a very supportive family. I had a lot of friends, so I was popular. I sucked at school, but I was great at sports. And um, those were all forming me as well. So 
very quickly I realized, okay, I'm not going division one. I'm going to go pursue division, a division three school. I got into a school. I played double sports. And uh, again, if you remember me saying, I did not like school. So I was like, what can I, what can I study that I'm going to like? So I thought, again, I'm going to go to something I'm good at. I'm going to do corporate fitness because I did not want to be a teacher. I did not want to be a, um, a coach because I knew I would have to go into education as my major. And I really did not love uh, school because of all the negative that I got there, all the negative feelings I got there. So I went into corporate fitness thinking, oh, I can go into corporations. You know what? I'm really good at communicating. I am really good at people skills. And I learned this as, again, as my story was forming. Um, I'll never forget in about ninth grade, I had an English teacher. And probably the first month we were discussing a book that we were all reading. Now I was reading the Cliff Notes because I didn't like to read. If you get, I'm dyslexic, so uh, which we didn't know at the time, there was no labels back then. Um, but so I didn't love to read. It was struggled. It was hard. But I could speak. So I was reading Cliff Notes, and I would get into conversations with this teacher, always raising my hand. She would tell me, "Oh, Juliet, you're so pithy. I can't wait to you know until we get into this. I love how you you know looked at that character and developed that this character." And I was all about telling a story. Okay. I was all about telling a story that I was learning through cliff notes. Um, I wasn't getting the full picture, but I was creating the story. And since I was very intuitive, and I still am very intuitive, I was coming up with this character that this teacher was like, yes, that's exactly what I see. I love how you see that. I loved how you formed that. So I would get that from certain teachers when they heard me speak. Now, you know, as you all know, English in high school, you then have to write an essay. I wrote an essay and um she handed it back to me and said, I'm very disappointed. This is, you did not put any work into this. You know, I expected better than, uh, than this. And um, I'm disappointed in you. And I remember being crushed. I mean, crushed. Going home, crying to my mom. My mom knew I worked really hard. Um, my mom going in and then talking to the teacher, you know, and, and me explaining to her, I can speak really well. But when I try to put it on a piece of paper, it doesn't come across the same way. I can't get my words on paper and it's really frustrating. So we were honing in on where my struggles were and how to accommodate them. But back then, many years ago, they didn't have the same accommodations that they do now. So again, that little story formed me because I remember being like up here because I was like, oh, I can talk. This is where I'm getting that good feeling, that good feeling. I'm good at communicating. She's you know, hearing me. I'm using words that she's like, yes, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then my written work, I'm disappointed in you. You didn't put enough work in when I knew I put so much work into. I just couldn't get the words that were in my head on paper. So again, you know, a- another teacher telling me, okay, you're not good enough in this aspect. So fast forward again to college, I did not want to go into education. So corporate fitness, I was like, you know, pulling from that experience again, okay, my teacher said I was really good at communicating. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go into corporate fitness, fitness, because that's what I was good at. And very quickly, I had to take anatomy and physiology. Now, anyone out there that has ever had to take a science or struggled in school or uh, is dyslexic, um, science was really tough for me really tough for me. And um, I quickly was like, there's no way I'm going to pass this um, without having to work like I've never worked and and maybe not pass it, right? I didn't want to give myself a negative story like I can do this, but how am I going to do this playing two sports? Is this really the field that I want to go into? At the same time, I hurt my back. And um, 
that was like an aha moment. I was like, no, you know what? This is a sign. This is a sign. I believe in God. This is a sign from God. I need to think about this. I need to to change it up. So I switched my major into communications, radio, television, and film. Now, if you remember me telling you a part of the story that I had a teacher tell me I wasn't creative or someone, someone told me I wasn't creative to stick what, you know, what you're good at. So as I entered this major, I just remember being like, wow, this is so cool. I'm learning about how to be a, uh, a DJ on the radio, writing scripts for movies, um, uh, there was, you know, uh, there was so, so much, I mean, film, how, you know, how to be a cameraman, all these different things that I was learning that I kept saying, oh, wait, I'm not going into that part of the major. I want to, I want to search more about the communications part because I am not creative. Again, telling my story from way back from sometime in my childhood when I was told I wasn't creative. And to me, creativity was drawing. That's what I kind of put my head to, like, oh, I can't draw. <laughs> you basically hardly can even draw a stick figure. But so this is what, uh, in my head, this is what I was telling myself. Okay, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. And I took a class in um, advertising sales. And I will never forget, the professor was standing at the top. And he said, now, there's probably going to be five of you that take this class that go into advertising sales. The rest of you are going to go, you, you went into this major because you wanted to do something on the creative side. You either wanted to go into radio or film, or you want to be an actor, or um, you know, you'd want to do write scripts for TV, whatever you want to do, um, you're going into the side of the creativity side. And I remember right away being like, oh, I didn't do that. So this is, um, um, my ears are perked up. I want to hear what this man has to say. He started talking about advertising sales and how we can go to this convention called Nappy um, as, as a group. And again, there's going to be five of you that this there's a twinge in here. And he talked about the relationships you make if you, you know, you're advertising sales or if you go in the agency side, um, you're the, you know, the, the face, uh, you go into the meetings and you, you, you know, talk to people about their brand and all these different things. And I just remember being like, that's what I want to do. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I got that twinge. So I started exploring a little bit more. And funny enough, that is what I ended up majoring in and graduating and getting my first job in New York City was in advertising sales. But during that time in my uh, studies, I was on the radio. I was a DJ. Loved that. I loved learning the board. And I'm going to say it wrong because I haven't been in radio for so long, but I loved that. I had my own show. It was like so fun. Um, I thought that was like really cool. I wrote a TV pilot that I actually still have that is so freaking good that I just recently um, just reread. I wrote a movie. I started it. I got actors. I directed. I did all of these different things. Okay. Still saying, oh, I'm not creative. This is not mine. You know, this is not what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to go into the advertising sales part. I'm moving to New York City. I'm going to be an advertising exec. I'm going to wear heels and, you know, take the subway and, uh, you know, go to these meetings. And this advertising world is so amazing. And, um, I'm going to be communicating and talking, and that's what I'm good at, the relationships. And so I knew I was onto something. I really loved that. And even before I graduated my senior year, uh, I actually went to school for five years. School, you know, as we remember, school was tough. And because I did go to school for sports, I had to only take a certain amount of credit. So I got an academic, I got a, um, I was on, I forget the word, academic something. So I was only allowed to take four classes as I was, because I also played two sports. I stopped playing the two sports somewhere in between, I think my sophomore and junior, my third year, my fourth year, um, because I really wanted to pursue 
uh, this feeling that I was getting because all of a sudden I also became really good at school. I started getting on the honor roll and the dean's list. And my mom was like, this is incredible. I also learned a little bit more about my learning disabilities and how I, how I learned and how to accommodate because that first year, you know, the anatomy and physiology and the psychology, I think I had a, um, a professor that was blind and he literally just sat there and read in a monotone voice and I would fall asleep every class. And I just remember being like, how am I going to get through this? And reaching out to my mom at some point and being like, I'm going to, I'm going to fail out or I just need to, I need to get out of this. I can't do this. This is not good. So when I found the advertising sales and I found when I switched my major, it was like this huge aha moment for me. It was a huge, I am not dumb because there was times where I used to think, okay, I'm really dumb in school, but I knew I was very intuitive. I knew I was really great at making um, relationships and talking to people. And so I knew that there, I wasn't completely dumb if that's, you know, if that's a word. Um, My mom does tell a story when I was very little, I said to her, and this is before third grade, I'm glad God just made me dumb on the, um, on the inside, not the outside too. And she remembers being like, Oh, like, could you imagine your child saying that? And basically what I was saying is, thank goodness I'm attractive. (laughs) Thank goodness I am pretty and um, I have friends because if it was both, it would be really hard. So um, those little things, you know, were forming me as I was growing into this, this, this woman, this communicator, this relationship builder, this networker. And, um, you know, as I said, I graduated before I graduated, I got a job, moved to New York City. I mean, had the was having the time of my life. I was like, you know what? I, I graduated um, again. I was on the honor roll a couple of times. My mom even sent that guidance counselor a one of my my grades and was like, "Don't ever tell someone they can't do something." You know, Juliet just learned different and needed to be on a path that was different than what you said, right? I had friends that were so good in school that went to you know college on scholarship that actually ended up not staying in college. So it was very cool for me to finish graduate was in advertising. I met my husband, you know, stayed, we had kids, stayed home. And that starts my second chapter of my whole story. So when you are talking about your story, when you're telling your story, these are the kind of questions I want you to think about. I want you to think about going back to your childhood, thinking about different aspects, right? So when I started telling my story a little bit more, when I started podcasting, when I started doing these webinars and workshops, I started really honing in more on my story being like, oh, I didn't think about that. I, I forgot that that happened when I was younger. And that's really my first um, you know, uh, memory sitting there reading that blue dolphin and hating it and being like, oh, why am I here? You know, those little things, not all of us think about and we don't realize that that is forming your story. And that is a part of your story. And if you have a brand or you have a small company or you are building something or you work for a corporation or something, knowing your story or knowing the corporation story is so important because it connects you with people. Storytelling connects relationships. It makes people want to know more about you. They want to know what you're doing. And so it is a really important thing to be able to um, kind of fine tune that craft. So I had children. I decided to stay home. That was really interesting because it was at the time where, you know, women could do it all. We could work in the corporate world and we can have kids and we can make, you know, these amazing cupcakes and bring them (laughs) to school. And everyone's like, wow, how do you do it? I did not want to do that. I knew I was not going to do that well. And as I said, I am a pretty... um, open, uh, I, I'm basically an open book. So I said, I remember saying to my husband, 
I don't know what to do. I, I know I can go back to work. And he's like, I will support you. My younger sister at the time, we had our uh, children, actually our first, a week apart. She was in corporate real estate and she could go back to the office one day a week. Now, I at the time was working at, for an alternative advertising company and I was traveling like mad. I had crazy hours. Uh, we were living in Brooklyn and um, actually, I'm sorry, we were still in Manhattan. Um, so I didn't really have a commute, but it's still was very daunting for me to think about how am I going to like nurse this baby and then hand it off to some hand him off to someone else and then go to an office and be normal and pump and like it just it really it it was a little overwhelming for me and I knew from a very early age I also always wanted to be a mom I love I babysat really early I love children uh, and I knew I wanted to do that so it was a very um, weird like kind of mindset that I was getting myself into because it was like, okay, we can do it all. My mom was like, just go back for a little while or do whatever it's going to make you comfortable. You want to have your own life. You know, when you have kids, sometimes you lose yourself. And I was hearing all these different things. Now, again, if you remember from what I was saying before, I'm a very confident person. So I do have a very, um, pretty, attack. like I know what myself is. I know who I am. I know how I work best. Um, but I also didn't want to kind of give up an opportunity if it was kind of what I was meant to do. So I kind of pursued, okay, thinking I would talk to a nanny. Okay. And then my sister said this to me, she said, what will make you the best mom and wife staying home or going to work? And I said, oh my God, staying home. And she goes, I think you just answered your question. And I remember sobbing and being like, I did. I was like, oh my God. I was like, Dan, who's my husband is going to literally, he would be literally the last person. I don't know how I would be able to work and then be a mom and then, um, you know, and then also, you know, be a wife. And now I know there's people out there that can do it. It's not for everyone. And this is where I think it's really important that you ask yourself really important questions when you come to situations like this in your life. And what the question my sister asked was so important for me personally, I knew I could not do it all. I could do it all at different times in my life. If I wanted to go back to work, I knew I could do that. But at the time, I knew I wouldn't be able to raise my my um, my child at the time. It was one, and be a wife, and and also give to work. I just am not that type of person. I'm such an all or nothing person. So when I'm in something, I'm so into it. I'm so all there, um, and I can multitask slightly, but. Um, tiny multitask, not like brain multitask. So I decided to stay home. Loved that choice. I really did. And there was a period of time though, after my third was probably four or five that I was like, you know what? I'm not, first of all, I did the store-bought cupcakes, even staying home. I was like, I'm not doing, um, (laughs) I'm not baking. That's not, I'm not a housewife. Um, I came up to that really quickly. I don't need to compete with anyone. Uh, You can bring the best cupcakes in. I'll go to Whole Foods and get some healthy cupcakes and bring those in and put them in the box and, you know, not even pretend like I made them. There was a period of time where I, that wasn't enough for me anymore. It wasn't enough. My kids didn't need me as much. And um, I was feeling a little stuck and lost. Uh, I was feeling a little like I was losing myself. And so I knew quickly I needed to do something. So I decided to go back to fitness. I did uh, taught classes. I became a health and fitness coach. Um, and I loved that. I was traveling with, with these women that I was meeting. I was helping women get healthy and fit. I was really healthy and fit at the time. And it was, it was very cool. And it was kind of one of those pivots that I was like, this is so interesting. I'm going back 
to where my roots were, to my fitness. This is what I was always good at, the relationships as well, but the fitness, this is so cool. And so I got prevalent on social media. I started you know, creating these posts. I would uh, have to take pictures. It was a very creative <laughs> world, even though in my head again, remember, I was not creative. And I was telling stories. I was telling stories of how I decided you know, I needed to get into this fitness, why at 40, um, I had gained a certain amount of weight. And it was because my best friend was diagnosed with frontal lobe d- dementia and my son, I have a son that's also dyslexic, was struggling in school and I was having a hard time juggling it. And I wasn't taking care of myself and I was losing myself. And so all these things I started putting weight on and I was like, what's going on? I've never done this. So there was a whole story intertwined with my whole story. And um, those little aspects are so important. So I was doing all these creative things with fitness. I had also, this is actually, a, I, I love this part of my story. And this part makes me so, um, it, it basically warms my heart. But then there's a part of it that I'm like, I cannot believe. I'm not someone that regrets, but I cannot believe I never wrote all of this down. So when my kids were little, I used to tell them these crazy stories. I used to make up these adventures with the, there was always three kids. I had three kids and it was always about, there was always a dog because I'm a huge dog lover. So there was always a boxer involved and I would make these elaborate stories and literally my kids would sit and it was kind of before like iPads and stuff. So my, uh, my oldest is 16. So he would literally just, mommy, tell me a story. And I would tell him this elaborate, crazy story. And he would be so excited and we'd build on it. There was magic frogs and magic forests and uh, just these like adventures that these these three kids would go on. And that was one of the scenarios. And then this other scenario was about this big family and all this amazing things they used to do together with the cousins because he was really close with his cousin. That remember I said that was a week apart. So I had all of these these different stories. We would go, um, now we were living out of New York City, but we would go back frequently and we would be on the train and I would literally sit and my kids would line up and I would tell them these stories. And I remember people coming to me and being like, where did you hear that story? And I'm like, oh, I just made it up. And they would say, you just made that up. That's so crazy. You should write it down. I always would be like, no, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. And they were, you know, I just still, they would kind of walk away and I'm like, I'm not writing these down. I'm not creative. Again, going back to when I was little and someone telling me I was not creative. So I'm storytelling with my kids. Now I'm also um, now exploring my whole health and fitness side that I was, you know, first majoring in college. I was getting healthy. I was helping others get healthy. And I was feeling really fulfilled. I was feeling really fulfilled in my life. My kids were doing great. My husband and I had a great relationship. And um, I would, every time I would have a client, they would, t- you know, I want to, this is what I want to do for my health. This is what I want to do for my fitness. And a lot of times we were living in a town that um, there was a, a, a lot of women that did stay home, but they had big careers before. And they would basically say to me, like, I just can't lose this weight or I'm not feeling fulfilled or there's something not right here. And I would always kind of go back to their story and help them kind of formulate their story. And as I was doing that, I was starting, this was probably like six years into being a health and fitness coach. I was starting to kind of feel like, okay, I'm getting that, like that feeling again. Hold on. So I was starting to get that feeling again. And I went to my husband and my kids and I said, I want to start a podcast. And they're like, you do? And I was like, I have all these stories. I, you know, remember the stories I used to tell you kids and they would be like, yeah. And I'd be like, and all these stories that have happened to you guys growing up or the boxers, you know, the funny stuff. Anytime I'm talking to one of my clients, they, you know, are always like, you always take me out of my crazy world. I love listening to your stories. You always, you know, 
or doing this and I love you know your energy or whatever. And so I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And they said, well, how are you going to do that? Do you know how to do that? And I said, no, but I'm going to figure it out because that's one thing I do know. You know, struggling in school, you do get certain tools where you have to figure things out differently than maybe someone else. So I Googled not that hard, how to start a podcast. And I started this podcast and it first was called Next Stop Crazy Town. And it was all about personal journal stories. So I was again now going back to storytelling, telling stories about when my kids were little, about being a mom, about, you know, stop working and um, and how that felt, about, you know, uh, being a new mom and not uh, maybe being as confident as you thought you were going to be and really relating to this. You know, I was growing this tribe of women that were really relating to my stories and thanking me. Thank you so much for, you know, talking about how you hate laundry or you hate this. There's like such minute things, but you putting a story behind it is helping me not beat myself up thinking, okay, I'm not a great mom because my towels were thrown all over the place. Or, you know, I had a friend over and I didn't clean the whole house and, um, I was embarrassed. Like, thank you for sharing that, like, you know, your personal experiences because it really is helping me get out of my crazy world. And so I was like, oh, I'm onto something. I love this. So I continued doing it and continue, by the way, telling myself I still was not creative. So my kids would come home, hey, mom, I have to do this for art, or hey, mom, I have to uh, do this for English. I have to create this. I did, oh, mom's not creative. Go talk to dad. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not good at that. You have to figure it out yourself. And the whole while creating this whole, business now, which I didn't even realize I was creating this business, which was kind of very cool and very fun. And the podcast started growing. The uh, I started kind of pivoting from the health and fitness, still had some clients, but um, started really getting into the podcast. And then I created an, you know this whole workshop, again, on helping people figure out what their creative passion is. Because I realized there was a time in my life that I was, every time I felt like kind of a little unfulfilled, it was because I wasn't tapping into a creative passion. <laughs> and I would laugh at myself now because when I had that aha moment about, wait a second, I am creative. How have I been telling myself I'm not creative? I just created a podcast. I was a successful health and fitness coach because I was also creating a lot of stuff and content online. So I was getting clients that I didn't even know who they were because I was telling my story. I was telling my story and building a business, not even realizing I was doing it. Storytelling, by the way, is creative. And there's many people out there that might say, no, it's not. It's just an art form or again, art. I think that's creative. Or it's just, you know, some people are just better at that than others. And um, it's the stories that we tell ourselves and the narratives that we tell ourselves that sometimes get in our way. So as I'm creating all of this and as I'm pivoting, the pandemic happens. And um, I didn't have really any for more personal funny stories. It was like, you know, we're all kind of doing the same stuff. I was still doing some fitness classes online. Um, but I started doing something called quarantine stories. I started interviewing people around the world because I wanted to know, because I'm curious, what it was like over in England or over in Thailand or over, you know, in, in this part of America, what the quarantine looked like for them. So I started researching, I started meeting people through online um, apps or, um, I mean, online, like, you know, Facebook or uh, LinkedIn or different places. Clubhouse was just coming about um, and finding people that I wanted to hear their story why and what they were doing in the pandemic. How are they feeling? How are they feeling mentally? What, you know, what were their kids at home? How was it? And at that time is when I did have my aha moment about my creativity 
And I realized that I was so good at interviewing relationships, personal skills. Remember, that goes back to the beginning of my story where I really, because I struggled in school, I knew how to connect with the teacher so I could get what I needed from the teacher. And that was forming who I became as an adult. And now what I was always meant to be doing is what I'm doing right now, sharing my story, helping others figure out their story to be able to create a brand or get consult like a clients or connect with customers on a different level because storytelling is such a way to build relationships and connect with people. So as this was all growing and as my story is starting to come full circle and I realized, oh my God, I love this interviewing. I ask questions that not everyone asks. And every time I would interview someone, they would say, huh, I never thought about that. And then we would talk more and they would realize, wait, that's part of my story, how it connected here. That's why I, I did X, Y, and Z. And it was so freaking cool to watch the bells and whistles go off for other people. And me, for my bells and whistles to go off also to be like, wait a second, I'm going back to all the way in that beginning when I was in third grade and I sucked at school. And I figured out each year how to connect with a teacher to get what I needed or what I knew teachers Saul and me, okay, I need to hone this in because this is what they're saying I'm good at. And I'm trying to like kind of push this under here because this is not what I'm good at. And I don't like that feeling. So what I want you guys to think about is when you're exploring, when you're out there, when you're doing your thing, if you ever get like a little twinge or a little like, wait a second, I'm a little interested in that. Please don't stuff it. Please don't push it. Don't brush it under the rug. Explore it. Why did I get that feeling? Why did I get a little excited when I was daydreaming about X, Y, and Z? Why did I... Um, all of a sudden, get this energy surge when I was talking to my neighbor when they were talking about this, you know, um, this patent that they just got because they have this um, brand or this this uh, product that they want to create. Why did something go off in my head that I was like, "Wait, I want to know more about that." Explore those feelings. Explore why you're doing that because that is a part of your story. That's going to help you get to that story part that where you're going to connect and be doing what you're meant to be doing in this world, in this universe. Um, what you're meant to be doing to to get that excitement for yourself. So um, that's kind of my story. That's a very half an hour, not, not terrible, not that terrible way long. Um, I did go ups and downs and lefts and rights. I hope you guys all followed that. And I hope what you got out of my story is that you have to think about those moments, those little moments. And this is the other thing is, and I didn't say this before, but if you've been following me and listening, you have to find that point in your life where you can daydream, where you can kind of get like your creative juices flowing. So for me, it's walking my dogs. Whenever I walk my dogs, I would, you know, well, have my phone. I'll do like little notes to myself because that for me is a form of meditation. Doing journaling and doing stuff in the morning is not for me. I like do a quick workout. That's like to get my squirrels <laughs> not running all around to kind of get them in straight. And then I walk my dogs to kind of help my creative passion go. And I can daydream. I can think of things. I can get that feeling like, oh, wait, when I was talking to the neighbor, what what was there? Or when I you know, was just on that podcast, watching the host get so excited when I was telling my story. And then he realized the connection with his story. And he had this aha ah, ah, moment. How freaking cool was that? What do I, what should I do there? Or talking to a client and telling them about like why their story is important. And then they saying to me, hey, can you come in and, and actually teach this to my staff? Because I want my staff to understand their story more. And then me 
being like, okay, yes, okay, this is the path. This is what it is all about. Finding what you love. And when you find what you love, a lot of times, you know, some people will, will be like, oh, you can't always make money from what you love. You can't always make money from a, a creative passion. I beg to differ. I really think you put enough time and effort and see where it evolves that you can make a career out of it. I know I have done just that. I know people in this audience have done just that. So that's what I want to challenge you. Thank you guys for for joining me, Juliet Hahn, here on YNS Live. If you think that there's people out there in your life that, you know, just feel a little stuck or they, you know, they always are talking about how they want to do something more, but they just never do it. Send them this, give them some inspiration and um, see where it leads them and share a little bit of part of your story or share that time that you got that aha moment when you were like, that's where my story connected. That's where I realized I was doing what I meant to be doing. And it can be very small. Again, it can be very small. That's what I want people to think about and remember. It could be just something tiny from your past, from your childhood that really kind of planted its seed in your brain, but you didn't realize. And then it turned into something that you're now following. Thank you for joining YNS Live. This week, we actually, for my YNS Live NFL thread, um, we have some really exciting guests. I'm not going to tell you now. I'm actually going to be scheduling them in in, uh, a day or two because we're just formalizing times, but they are very big and are very big in the NFL community, but also very big out in the world doing some very, very cool things. And I'm excited to have them join Fireside and YNS Live and, um, and to be able to share their story. So guys, make it a great day. Go and um, ask some questions. Ask someone about their, what their story is. Like, you know, ask someone why they are living where they're living or why they work where they work. Sometimes you'll be surprised at someone's um, reasoning behind things. And it's just something that can just kind of make things a little bit better. Thank you for joining again, YNS Live with um, with myself, Juliet Hahn. Make it a great day and we'll see you guys. Go tell your story. Go figure it out. Write down. If you don't know exactly how to share your story, write down some key points in your life. And I'm telling you, you will be able to connect them. 